podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Oh my goodness. It's a counter-attack. Here's Didier Drogba. And now Kedair in the middle. Drogba goes. Stretch it. Stretch it. I'm asking him for the points, but do I know him? I was like, listen, let's go with that. I was like, I was like, I was like to myself, I ain't done a point. Like I was like, Dad, it's bare must look five. Is that all right? Dad's like, no, that's me. I'm like, oh shit, that's me. I was like, oh my god. All these bumps, all these bumps. Kind of thing. I swear, bro, that is too much. Hilarious, bro. Hello, welcome to Cheers Hour. My name is Meads and I'll be your host for this one. I'm joined by very free, very special guests. Um, Shemi, how you doing, bro? I'm good, brother. I'm good. good. How you doing, bro? Yeah, I can't complain, man. I can't complain. All's good in the world. I can't really complain at all, man. My day's been great. All is good in the world, you know. <laughs> Dan, Daniel, Daniel's off. What's up, man? Doing, What's going on? It's all. It's all good. We've got democracy falling in America, but all is good in the world. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? We're, we're, you know, we quite like a bit of democracy and, you know, meritocracy out here. But hey. you know, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Anu, my guy, what are you saying? The villain. <laughs> He's drinking again. <laughs> <laughs> He's done. Time He's already done. done. Anyway, oh so I'm, I'm not okay, but I'm okay, if that makes sense. But we'll get on to Them that. Ones. Okay, I got you. I got you. Right. So let's talk about fan slides. So Daniel, I know you've been playing fan slide um, or this week. Um, so yeah, talk to our listeners. Tell them what it's all about. So yeah, fan slide is an, a fantasy game 
it's not betting, but it's got like a kind of competitive aspect where you can win rewards. Um, I, I've got the app. What you do is you usually pick players at a certain point to come in and hopefully they do something good whilst you've picked them. Um, so yeah, I've been using it. Um, I'm going to be using it again for the Morecambe game. Um, there is, you can kind of compete against us too. So we're going to drop the link into um, the bio, the description box. So yeah, go it, go at it. Um, I'll be there. A couple of the guys from the Chessie, I'll be there. Yeah, see I'm probably going to download it soon as well. So yeah. I'll be on there. So see if you can, if you can beat us. Um, it's a, it's just a different way to experience football. And like a lot of the touchline guys win it too. So yeah. Lovely. And yes, so oh, man, so where do we start? I, I, it's a remiss for me to not ask a question. Um, how do you think Chelsea are doing right now, boys? Um, because again, we had a, an abject performance against Manchester City. We lost 3-1 at home, which was quite a... It could have been worse, to be perfectly honest. Um, everyone looked at a shambles, but how do you guys feel about the game? Um, I, in fact, I want to hear from Shemi first, because Shemi, I feel, is going to have a, a slightly less frustrated view or it may just come across slightly less frustrated. So I mm. want to hear from Jimmy um, before we get on to Mr. Anu and Mr. Soft. But yeah, take it away. Cool, cool. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very frustrated. I mean, I, I know I don't always like portray myself to be a frustrated character, but I was very, very frustrated last Sunday. Very, very frustrated. Um, where did I start? So in terms of like the lineup for, for starters, um, obviously I was... It's funny because I understood some of Frank Lampard's decisions in terms of who started. I didn't necessarily agree with them, as I said in the Patreon and as I said in my review. But I understood, for example, um, a one up front, um, uh, ZH um, coming back in, Pulisic um, attack. When I initially saw that, I was thinking, okay, cool, he might want to hit them on a counter. Maybe he, he wants a pacey um, attack so that we can exploit the back line. And it could play out to be a thing where we sit back, soak up the pressure and hit them on a counter. And um, ultimately, if that was his logic behind se that selection, for example, I was cool with that. But the way the game plan planned out was it was it was just nothing short of a shambles. So um, opposite to what I was thinking, we actually tried. It seemed like Frank tried to take um, take City on at, at their own game. He tried to kind of go toe to toe with them. So I saw us pressing in a lot of, in different parts of the game where whereby I was just thinking like we should probably ad adapt a more conservative approach, but cool. Um, and not only that, aspects of the press weren't um, executed very well. There were so many gaps whereby their midfielders could just drop in and pick balls so easily. Uh, we were horrible in a transition. You, you could just see a clear difference between two teams who are, one is well coached, very well coached in a, in a specific philosophy and specific patterns of, patterns of play. And you can tell they've been, they've, they've looked at the opposition and know where to hit us as opposed to one team being Chelsea, who not very well drilled in what we're being asked to do, no real game plan in terms of how to hit City. And yeah, it just turned out to be a complete, complete utter shambles. Um, I couldn't quite see what he wanted to do, what his plan was against City. And yeah, it was a, it was a real shambles, man. Real, real shambles. It was just an utter mess. Ultimately, I think I've not seen such a shambles of a just a, a tactical performance. And in fact, it wasn't just the tactics. Um, it, oh, no. A large portion, a large part of the reason why we lost that match was the tactical setup and the approach to the game. Now, I look at, you know, Frank Lampard's all about this gung-ho, high energy, high octane, pressing, pressing the ball high. But think about it, just the way we play. You press high, we press high. 
But when we get the ball, we are so slow. So I don't understand. Like the the the, the energy is to get the ball back really, really quickly. But when we get it, everything's very slow. Everything's very one pace, one dimensional. I just find it baffling. Some of the decisions that I saw. So I, for for some point, I I get what you're saying, Jeremy. I get what you're saying in regards to some of the decisions. You can understand, like. But there was for me there were a couple that I thought just don't make any sense. To be perfectly honest, um, just a prime example for me, the pressing, the 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 decision to make to make us press so high, is so odd. It's so so odd, especially when they've got a, a decent amount of pace um, in their attack. I I just didn't understand it. Some of the decision making, um, Dan, what are your thoughts on the setup? And how did you think? Okay, what most importantly, how did you think that first half went? Because Dan, you have been on Lampard's neck for quite some time. I remember you were saying that he's basic, and you said that a year ago. I don't like and him. You, yeah, you said you don't like him, but yeah. So yeah, tell us, tell us what you um, thought of that half. You know what it is. So coming into the lineup and just um, coming into the game, it's interesting. Obviously, pressure was mounting. Um, I think Lampard was hoping that there was going to be a pause and COVID mm. was going to shake it so he had some more time to re-up. But now that happened. Um, but yeah, it's like it's it's interesting because we actually haven't played bad against City in recent mm. times. A lot of the times we've done well. And um, this time around, we had like a 10-minute period, I think, 10 to 15-minute period where it was cool. Mm-hmm. But then when City just settled in, it, it felt like it was over from then. The gaps in mid, like in midfield, I think Shemi mentioned it. All of our midfield was together, and in C and City, the way they were spaced out, all that could, all you could see was coaching. That's all I could see. All I could see is one side is well coached, another side is not. Um, yeah, with with Lampard, it's a strange one because Lampard said after the match, we approached this game the same way we approached the City game, where we we looked defensively resolute. If you remember the City game in the um, Project Restart. Kante was uh, the DM and it was Barkley and Mount, I think. But we looked defensively resolute. This time, it looked mm-hmm. like we came out to attack. Um, yeah, so anyway, I, I don't know if the players are playing for him. I know in Anya's review, go check YouTube. He's saying the players aren't playing for him. But all I saw was a shit show. That's all I saw. Oh, well, Anu, I guess that leads in like, quite nicely to you, bro. Um <laughs> We obviously heard your post-game review, and I know yeah. you know emotions were running quite wild. Yeah. Um, so yeah, talk to me. Yeah, I've calmed down. How many days? <laughs> In five days or whatever, I've calmed down. You know what? I, I remember attacking Lampard initially, really aggressively about the lineup. I'm actually going to take that back. I actually don't think the lineup was as bad as I first made out because the team he put out was still enough to compete with that City team, in my opinion. Let's not forget that that City team was COVID-infested. Like, I don't don't think it gets mentioned enough. That team was not even full strength. So the team we put out was enough to compete, in my opinion. Okay, firstly, the starting one in the middle is something we'll probably come to later, but it was baffling to me because um, when Drew's been banging, and he's been doing very well. And we've been calling for Werner in the middle. He didn't do it. Why are you now going to do it in the biggest game, one of the biggest games we've had, especially in the form we've been in? That's yeah. another good point. I'm not going to come into the tactics, but I think you guys have pinned that on the head 
you know what I mean? You've made that clear. The tactics was the tactics were off. I don't know what they were doing in the week of training. I have no idea because the fact because the fact you're calling that pressing, it wasn't even pressing, bro. It wasn't pressing. Let me tell you what pressing is. Yeah, let me tell you what City were doing. Cancelo, there was a point. Chilwa had the ball. Cancelo was pressing Chilwa. The right back was pressing the our left back. That's pressing. They were pressing as a unit. That's pressing high. Mm. What we were doing was shadowing. I wouldn't even call it pressing. We were, we were shadowing. One, two passes out. How can that, what is, is that, we're calling it pressing because they were high up on the pitch. Mm. That's not pressing, my guy. Guy, two passes out, Kante. Kante's on a halfway line. The back four are near, uh, are near the box. Look at the gap between the centre mids and the back four. Yeah. What pressing is this? We're just saying pressing. <laughs> not pressing. Okay, <laughs> let me leave that one. Okay, I'm, and what I didn't say in my... Um, video as well. I'm actually going to give credit where it's due because I thought City played the best game of the season. Yeah, and, that, and I didn't mention that before and it's unfortunate that we were the ones to um, suffer from that. They were they were outstanding and we just were baffled. Um, the game was poor. I don't want to um, echo again things I've said before, but the game was poor. Did we have a shot on target apart from the goal? They had a new keeper. They had a new keeper. In that, how can the tactics not be shoot That's on perfect. sight? Shoot on sight, yeah. a new keeper. We didn't test him. The only shot on target, I think, was the goal. Please tell me if I'm wrong. Was there a shot on target? It's, it's like, and Lampard has to, you have to, as the manager of the team, take it on the chin and say, listen, I effed up. Not, oh, no, we have to, we need to take time to adjust. And back then, what, what you said, one day in whole, uh, something happened. Uh, what? The guy, please. Like, the blood's already boiling again. Let me start with <laughs> you know what I mean so the players were tired the set of mids were exhausted and I actually sympathise with them or I'm actually not going to go at them I actually sympathise apart from cover I think cover's had quite a few breaks Mount and uh, Kante were exhausted and they didn't mm. they weren't helped by the tactics that were presented to them so I thought all in all it was really bad it was really bad and that's just the game and we'll come on to Lampard's position, but there's I, there's generally not one positive I can say from that game. It's getting to the point where I think the best things we've been talking about Chelsea is our, is our centre-backs, um, is our back four. That's where we start getting confidence, clean sheet FC. That was what we were saying. Let's not lie, we were saying this. Yeah. And it's getting to the point where these guys, are, they're sadly getting found out. I think Thiago got to, I think what we were scared of Thiago coming into the league was when it comes to these fast-paced games and he found that fast space game and it was tough for him. And I don't think it was his fault, but I think that's where it's, it's also difficulty. Him and Zuma kind of got found out, but because I think they got exposed by the team tactics and the centre mids. So all in all, yeah. it was terrible. And um, yeah, I hope I've summarised that nicely. Um, yeah, I just feel like the tactical approach was so dire. It was a, it was just a big, big mess. Structurally, we were all over the place. I, set, I kept seeing Kante being the highest player to press. It just didn't make any sense. Sometimes they were in a line, sometimes they were just nowhere near each other. They weren't close enough. I saw Kante always being exposed with Kovacic and Mount high up the pitch. It just blew my mind. It absolutely blew my mind. And there's just too many things that I've seen under this Chelsea's Lampard, um, which I just find, you know, amateurish. I think that's the, the word that comes to mind. Everything's quite amateurish. Everything doesn't look like it's supposed to be the way it is. And it just, just looks an utter state. And you just sometimes you have to start questioning, well, Frank, what are we doing here? What are we actually doing here? Because I don't appreciate um, 
honestly, I don't appreciate a lot of the things that Frank is doing in terms of just tactical wise. Uh, Dan, talk to me because obviously yeah. second half, no changes were made. Um, again, it, quite baffling, but yes, yeah, so no, no changes were made. So w- what did you think of the, I guess the, the changes and adjustment? Because after 3-0, the game's done. Yeah, um, yeah. So we knew, but, we knew when it was 3-0, Hudson and Doyle would come up on at some point. We, we, we knew, we, we didn't know that. But exactly. I, I think what was, don't forget, this was this is the front three that a lot of people have been calling for. In Pulisic, Werner and Ziyech. Now, okay, let's take it. Ziyech has just come back from injury. Um, Werner hasn't been playing up front. So this may not be the best of the front three we see them on. But I think a lot of people are looking at thinking now, actually, is this our best front three? Does it make sense to have Ziyech there crossing the ball in for Werner, who's not really, you know, that type of striker? Um, Pulisic is in and out. Do you know what I'm saying? We know this. So there's a lot about that. But also just the fact that we didn't lay a glove on City. Like it did, it's one of them games where it, it felt like we could go on for ages and we might not score. Um, and then obviously he did make the change and brought um, Hudson Odoi on and Havertz on and it changed a little bit. Um, but yeah, just in, in general, like it's the, I think what I'm disappointed in, I think we could all accept losing to City. City, even though City haven't been the best thing. And there's a point because as you said, that this was probably um, City's best game of the season. But why is it against us? You always have to ask that. Okay, why are they having their best game yeah. against us? Well, we let them. You know what I'm saying? Mm. There's been too many times um, in the Lampard campaign, but maybe to be fair, it's not just Lampard, where a player isn't doing well against everybody else, but then all of a sudden against us, bruv, they turn into to Messi. Do you know what I'm saying? Or a mm. team is having bad form, like Arsenal, and then against us... That's typical on the Lampard, though. That's that's typical. Under Lampard, every single season, well, the, the last two seasons, when I feel like, you know, we're not even necessarily in decent form, but when a team is in bad form, they come to come, come to the bridge, man. We'll no, pass let me, you. Let me, you let, me say, let me say something. Let me say something. Let me say something. It could be. Um, uh, I think what it is, yeah, because if you notice, obviously everyone noticed the first 10 minutes, seven minutes, we were in the game. Like, there were, yeah. there were, there were back foot. They were back foot. They had one chance and then all the confidence went to them. And then all the confidence mm. went out of us. And now I think that's a time where a good team with good experience, someone just comes in, puts in a big hit. Someone does something. Someone says something. Mm. Guy, we're soft, brother. Mm. We are soft. There was not one, when the game was going wrong, there was not one challenge, not one sprinting, not one in the face. This is a big game. We're soft, mate. And Joe made it clear in the Joe said in the group four, we're a soft team. And Chelsea aren't used to being a soft. We're not used to being a soft team. We're used to being the big, the big brutes. Do you know what I mean? And we have this generation of players that we have in Chelsea now who are soft. Mm. And sadly, I think that's a real problem. And teams get confidence of that if they know we're just gonna do nothing. That's the only mm. explanation because at the beginning they were scared. And then they gained confidence, and then they just and then that was it for the whole quickly, game. Let me come in quickly. Uh, I think it was last season. Lampard complained in the Sheffield United game. He was saying, they're all talking to each other. He kind of alluded to the fact that we don't talk to each other and that we're soft. Yep. But also, he's on the sideline, arms falling. Nothing. 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 You know what I'm nothing. saying? Yeah, and so, like, you're, you're completely right. There, there should have been someone to kind of say, guys, let's wake up. Let's do this. We've had those type of players. And he says that we don't really have those type of players. But when it comes down to it, Again, I think Jorginho, if there's going to be anyone, we brought Thiago Silva to be that type of player. 
Jorginho is that type of player, though. Say again. Is he that type of player, Silva? No, no, leader. Yeah, he's no, no, a leader. But is he that type of player who's just going to come put in a hard challenge? You know them ones where and it yeah. just gets yeah. everyone going. Yeah, I think yeah, he's yeah. good enough. Really, yeah. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. This I haven't yeah. seen a challenge like that this season. But okay. he doesn't speak English, so it's still hard for him to be like. Yeah. <laughs> that's the action. That's what I'm saying. That's the actions. Um, you don't have to speak English to put your foot in. Yeah, but. Yeah, it should it should come from leadership. It should come down from Lampard. And far too often, I see him on the sidelines just with his arms folded, a spectator. Yeah, you know he doesn't what I'm say anything. He doesn't yeah. say anything. Like he, he literally keeps very very mute and just like he's chilling there like that. Yeah, but he's got a lot to say. Right his lip. I'm like, mate, like hold on, your players. Like sometimes your players need direction. It's just mm-hmm. a stark contrast to the way Pep is with his players. Pep is barking orders, mm-hmm. barking orders. Grabbing people saying, look, here, here, here. There, there's a bit of meticulousness with, with Pep. And you compare it to Lampard, it's just, again, amateurish. The way it sounds, amateurish. Now, that's not to say that everything under Frank has been all doom and gloom. We've had some very nice moments. Yeah, He's obviously done a couple of things when it comes to, I guess, bringing through the youth players or some youth players. You know, he's done, he's done his thing. Um, so right. it's not just to say, oh, Frank's been terrible. He's rubbish. But he's done some good things. That being said... When we start asking the question, who's going to be the guy to take us forward? Could any of you believe that? Yeah, Frank is that guy. I'm going to ask you, Shemi, um, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, what, what you said just now leads exactly onto my point. So what I was going to say is, yeah, um, on the point of um, Lampard, like things we did under Lampard seem quite amateurish. Um, in terms of like big games, yeah. So like in the first season of his reign, like mm. I've been, I've even though we've not always beat the big teams, I've been able, I've seen what he's tried to do. I've seen a plan. So for example, Tottenham when we matched them when we went to five back at the White Hart Lane, um, United even at Old Trafford when we got battered four 0 I saw what he tried to implement in terms of like high pressing and although structurally we were a mess, I kind of saw the idea. Cool, you got beat. We got beat 4-0. Um, even Tottenham again at the bridge, matching them um, five at the back. Um, FA Cup against United, when we, again, five at the back. I could see a, a plan, like, and sometimes successful, sometimes unsuccessful. But, and that's the reason why I've kind of given Lampard some benefits of the doubt, because a lot of the time in big games, he seems quite proactive. But, yeah, go on. Ultimately, we've competed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've competed. Mm. And, and now it just looks another state. We're exactly. And again, around us. Exactly. Even the Etihad game last season, we lost narrowly 2-1 and then we beat them at the bridge. Like we've always competed in his, and he's always devised a plan. I guess I've seen he's always been kind of proactive in the big games from last season. So that's why Sunday was so bemusing as to why we looked such a mess. And it was just like, it looked as if he was lost, as in he looked like he was, he literally did not know how to kind of combat... I think maybe he might have been hit by the shock of City. He probably didn't expect City to, to play as well as they did because obviously COVID hit. hit. They might, he might have underestimated them a little bit. I don't know. But it was the first time under Lampard where I've been like, wow, we actually look so clueless and so coachless. Even when we went to Old Trafford and we drew 0-0, cool, it was, a dead, it was a dead game and a lot of us were disappointed. But I understood that Lampard was trying to get the confidence in the defence, whatever, cool, cool. But... Sunday was just like, what was that? Do you know what I'm saying? That's the first time I've ever been bemused under his tenure. It was worrying. You know, do you know what, quickly? I think, do you remember the last game we played at City um, when we was away from home and we started well? It kind of followed this. We started well and then Pep made an in-game adjustment um, to drop, I think, to create a box around our midfield because we were dominating midfield-wise. It was Jorginho, Kovacic and Kante. And we were dominating 
but then he put a box around them and he was targeting Jorginho and Kovacic to like get on them quick so we couldn't build up. And I think what Pep did was the same tactics from last time, he put this time, the majority of this game, apart from the first seven minutes, um, the brain obviously came back, dropped in. We just couldn't handle it. And obviously there's Kante there. And as I've kind of said before, Kante works well with other midfielders around him in proximity. But when you have Mount pressing high, Kovacic pressing high, he couldn't get the ball to anyone. And, and, and that type of midfield against Man City, do you know what I'm saying? At least it, it, with Jorginho and Kovacic, do you know what I'm saying? They can play together a bit. But with Kante and in Mount High, and I think Mies talked about on his um, post-match review, that kind of gap in that area. So like our midfield, we were destroyed. In the midfield, we were destroyed. The ball didn't come up to the attackers. Um, I don't know, for, for me, you can look at individual players and we might talk about individual players, but for me, just watching it, all I could see was a mismatch in terms of the levels of coaching. Agreed. The levels, <laughs> the levels between them was so, oh my God, scary, scary. But ultimately, you're going to expect that. Frank Lampard is literally a fledgling coach. I mean, what can you say? I mean, I think it'd be very, it'd be very silly to expect, you know, him to be this amazing Pep Guardiola, uh, you know, Klopp experienced coach because he's going to make mistakes. But like Daniel said, um, and like Shemi said, I've seen some mistakes in his decision making. It's not just necessarily the tactical stuff. I think generally there's been certain things that I've seen that I thought, you know what? Nah, this ain't actually good enough. It ain't even cool. You know what I mean? Mm. So from the treatment of players, from underutilizing your squad, from then complaining about, okay, these players are tired, but are you rotating them out enough? Mm. Mason Mount playing every single minute despite not being in good form. Why is he not in good form? Because you're literally running him into the ground. So I'm just like, some of the decisions is actually quite bothersome. And ultimately, over the course of a season, it could be very, very costly. Now, I don't really want to get into Mason Mount's performance because, like, like I said before on, on the um, on the post-match review, I don't think he was particularly great. But I didn't think Kante was particularly great. And that's genuinely because Frank Lampard has been overusing it. You know, Kante has had his injury problems um, and Mason Mount plays every single game. You can't expect them to be at it for 90 minutes or even a half running at full tilt and pressing i think just tactically i got it i think he, i think he got it all wrong completely all wrong and um obviously hudson came he came on with um kai Havertz, and those two seem to have a, a decent connection between one another now um they're forming a nice little partnership um but it ultimately wasn't enough. Well, the game was dead. The game was done. But yeah, Hudson came in at far post after a, a fantastic little cross from Kai Havertz, and uh, yeah, he got he's got his goal. And um, obviously, with 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 Hudson Odoi, I think a lot of us probably were expecting him to to be on the bench, um, despite him being, um, I guess, our best player for the last two games. The last two games he's featured in. Um, what did you guys think of when you saw the team? I know you guys weren't surprised, but were you not thinking, Lampard, you've, you've completely fucked it here because you're not really rewarding good work? Or, you know, like certain people like Dan were thinking, hey, I expected it. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll quickly go because, like you said, I'm, I did a pre-match. I was the only one at the pre-match and I literally said in the pre-match, okay, Lampard, Giroud's the most informed striker. You decided not to use him. Hudson's the most um, form winger. You decided not to use him. You decided to go with experiment. Do you know what I'm saying? In terms of Zeke rushing him back in, Werner all of a sudden. 
back up front. Cool. This is this is what you're deciding to do, and let's see how it pans out. I think it would have been okay. Listen, I get the fact that you've spent money on these players. I get it, and I get there's a pressure for managers after they've spent money on players to get them out on a pitch. But when it comes down to it, when they're out on a pitch and they're not doing well, it, it reflects badly on you. I don't think as a manager you can to see things working and say, hey. Let me put this aside. Let me try to get to work another way. At this point, brother, if shit is working, just let it work. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. So, so yeah, that was me, what I said um, in, in the pre-match. Um, I definitely think that Hudson should have been starting. Um, Ziyech, like, if he's just coming back from injury, it reminds me of the beginning of the season. Do you remember when Havertz was brought in and then he had a stinker against, was it Brighton? And then at the end of the match, Lampard was saying, oh, yeah, you know, he's not fit. But Hudson was there and he was fit. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's well, so crazy. That ex- yeah, it's that yeah. excuse he wasn't fit. Oh, you, mate, you it's picked him. You picked yeah. him. You picked him knowing that he weren't fit. So what are you doing? A game of this level, a game of this magnitude, yeah, a game of this importance where we have literally, I, I guess, for the last couple of games been terrible. We've only won one out of our last six or last five prior mm-hmm. to the kickoff. So surely you should be thinking, you know what? Let me ease him back in. Let me ease him back in. He did the same thing with Pulisic, just just dumped him back in, you know, ahead of Hudson. So what do you think that says about his rating and opinion of, say, Callum Hudson-Odoi, Anu? I think it's it's no secret that he he will drop any excuse on Callum Odoi. <laughs> any excuse that he wants, he'll pluck it out from the air. It's no secret. It's no secret. I, don't, I can't even follow. I can't even follow what the reasons are. The whole world know that Callum's been the best swinger, but whatever Lampard's feeling, he'll say he'll drop it. One day, one day it'll be leg. One day it'll be, one day it'll be mentality. One day it'll be, one day he's chopping too much pounded yam. But the guy is plucking stuff from the air. So you ask me that question, he just doesn't rate the player, and he just doesn't know how to say it because he can't say I don't think the player is good enough because the player's producing. So every time he right. says he's not good enough, Callum slaps him in the face and drops a goal. So he has to say... Okay. Also, also, one thing I will say as well, yeah, I think it's very... Um, I think we've kind of touched on this in like in the group, Dan, me and Dan especially, on the Patreon and kind of in the group chat, about um, so when Lampard talks about... So I think it was after the um, Aston Villa game mm-hmm. and um, they asked him about Hudson Odoi and he spoke about um, end products and goals and stuff like that. So I feel like a lot of that really I thought a lot of that was on Lampard's mind in terms of he so the way he sees the attack here he sees Pulisic as post lockdown he showed me that Pulisic he showed me that he can score goals and that he can be a goal a contributing goal scorer um I believe Werner is also a goal scorer that's why I bought him um and Ziyech is my creator so I feel like because he doesn't see Hudson Adoy as at that level yet of being someone who can contribute to to goals um which is which is he which is he said in his in his conferences, in his post-match conferences about Callum Hudson-Odoi, um, I feel like he was he was fearful of having um, two wingers who don't necessarily score mm-hmm. and an off-form striker, if that makes sense. And and to answer your question, Meads, I was I was for me it was a bit of both. I was I was like, yeah, you've effed it because hudson is the most important player right now. But at the same time, I wasn't shocked because um, the the manner in which he speaks about Hudson-Odoi, um, I feel like we've always said this. There's there's a higher um, criteria for him to get into the team. And um, I feel like, and it's funny because when Hudson Odoi scored, I said in the group chat that now, now that he scored that tap in, even if Hudson Odoi didn't necessarily do, like, even if Hudson Odoi didn't necessarily have the greatest cameo, but because he scored that tap in, that's gonna that's gonna stick in Lampard's mind because okay, cool, he's now 
producing goals, if that makes sense. So I feel like that's really important for him. I don't agree with it. You have to adapt. I I don't agree with it because as we spoke on, sorry, just quickly, let me just land quickly. I don't agree with it because as we spoke on, Hudson is a different type of player and and he shouldn't be trying to turn him into something else that he's not. So, yeah. My thing is you have to adapt. So what you're saying is that, let's say he, he wasn't showing, maybe he's not showing what Lampard wants for this as he, he's not doing the Pulisic stuff that Pulisic did pre, pre-lockdown. But now he's doing it, accept it. 100%. Why can't I just say, guy, okay, Callum is turning up now. He deserves to be in. This is the thing. It's a sense, it's a case of stubbornness that it, mm-hmm. it's so instilled in him that he cannot accept that someone yeah. has changed or someone's actually performed. Because of what he said before, he's laid brick yeah, yeah. that. Hey everyone, before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level, or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art. Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com forward slash join. Yeah, and quick, quick disclaimer, quick, quick, quick disclaimer. Yeah, obviously, like I don't agree with Frank's decision making. No, 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 I'm trying I, to provide some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, as you said, but yeah, but the st- the stubbornness we've seen it. It's not just us and we've seen it with. We've seen it with Tamori. Mm-hmm. Even though really good drops, really good Christian can drop as many stinkers as they want. Tomori won't get a look in. We've seen it with other players, so it's not. It's Giroud. Yeah, it's a capture trait. So. Yeah. That's why I can't accept really and truly. Um, the Hudson Adoy thing, it might just be his said, like Anu said, he said too much now to change his mind. Do you know what I'm saying? And the fact that he's bought Ziyech, he needs to make these players he's bought work over someone that he essentially given up on. He gave up on Hudson Adoy. There's no other reason for you to not be using him over these last couple of games where he's coming on and scoring, he started and scoring. Like you said that in terms of goal scoring, he's our top goal scoring winner. Out of everyone right now, he scored most goals. And I think that was even the case coming into the game. So this is someone that's showing that he's scoring. When it comes to creating, Lampard said after the Aston Villa game, we're glad to have Ziyech back because we've missed that creativity. If he knew his players, Hudson-Odoi, if out of everybody else in terms of wingers, more than Mount on the wing, more than Pulisic on the wing, more than Vern on the wing, he has that creativity, yet he didn't play him. So have you really missed that creativity? Do you know what I'm saying? There's just a lot of things that are not adding up in terms of what Lampard's saying. And so, yeah, I think like, it's not just a hudson Adoy situation. Um, there's just a lot coming now. And when, when, when we're winning, all of these kind of skeletons 
can be there. And as Chessie Hour, one thing I can say is we're consistent. Regardless of whether we're winning or not, we will mention these things and people saying, oh, you're pessimistic, et cetera, et cetera. However, now you're losing, now you're seeing all the skeletons in broad daylight. And this is what I'm mm. saying. It, it becomes harder to kind of, you know, defend them. Yeah, I feel like our, our listeners, maybe not listeners per se, but just generally Chelsea fans in general might think that we're a bit of negative Nancys when it comes to talking about Chelsea. And I don't think we are. I think we, we try to be as objective as possible to kind of give a, a fairer, I guess a fair perception of what's really going on at the club. Now, I don't think we're we're terrible. I don't think we're a terrible club. I don't think we're poorly ran. I just think that there's certain things that generally can improve. And that's not a problem. That's not a, you know, when we're winning, it's all good to be talking about all the good things that you're doing when you're winning. But ultimately, if we're like, we need to look at where we can improve. You know what mm. I mean? It's not a bad thing. You know, it's not a bad thing at all. But yeah, it's it's been a it's been a, an interesting interesting week to say to say the least but well what, what can we say what can we say now i guess we we've kind of touched on this already but i, I want to say probably we want to call it the the callum conundrum um so where do you think we go from there here actually because you know callum is i guess performing well um we've got an fa cup game this weekend so what 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 do you think we should do really? mine is one sentence Mine's one sentence here, quick, quick. Go on, go on. Callum or Lampard, that's it. <laughs> that's all I was saying. I'll pass it on to We've been here before. We've been here before. Oh, that's, that's all all to go through that again. That's all it can be. Yeah, that's but you know what? We can't, I don't think it's I don't think it's healthy to it's make it a Callum. It's not, it's not. It's, it's, it's not mad toxic still, I can't lie. It's mad it, toxic. It, it is, it's, it's not it's not healthy at all. And I and, feel like and, I don't think it I don't think it really helps the player. Um, to be no, perfectly honest, where because it, we, we've experienced it before, so let's put it like this: Frank Lampard, um, not even Frank Lampard, Maurizio Sarri, um, where we had to, well, we had to decide whether, um, you know, if he if he stays, um, not even he stays, but we had to decide whether, um, you know, Sarri stays or Hudson Odoi stays. You know what I mean? So. You know, I feel like it's, it's very toxic. Let me come in quickly. So I get what Anu's saying, and I, I think he's right. It is Callum or Lampard in terms of, I can't see both of them staying here for the long term. However, I think even with the Callum Sari thing, it wasn't necessarily just, are we just doing this for Callum? There was other players too. So it was, okay, cool. This guy isn't committed to using our youth. And therefore they made, what I'd say is the right decision in terms of getting rid of Sari. And the same way with Lampard, again, you can make it and you can distill it and you can just make it a Callum versus Lampard thing. But look, Callum hasn't been playing for a long time. And when Callum wasn't playing and we was doing well, then everything was fine. So the fact that Lampard's job is at risk isn't to do with Callum. Do you know what I'm saying? It's to do with Lampard and the fact that he's bought Havertz and Werner and they're not looking well and apparently they're complaining. So, like, there is a lot more than just a Callum versus Lampard situation. And if the reason why I'm, I'm kind of, I'm straight in there trying to make sure that it's not painted as Callum versus Lampard, because if people try to paint it that this is a player that's got rid of two managers and, and then this is a player that, you know, this is the type of um, media spin that the media will use against Callum saying, OK, cool, this is a, a person that's getting out managers and there's too much player power. When it's not really that, what it is is that Callum is playing well, and for some reason he's not playing. That's not that's not a Callum problem. That's a manager problem, and ultimately it's a, a Lampard. A reason why Lampard should go, I think, and it's not just to do with Callum. There's a whole bunch of things. 
Habits of Burners aren't playing well. We keep on switching formations. That's all. There's a section for that. No, 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 no. We're getting there. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's like like it seems like he had a plan coming to the season, and now even the players that he was calling, calling, telling them this is how you fit in, they don't even believe that's how they fit anymore. So um, there's a lot like there's a lot um, going on, and it really depends if um, Lampard can fix it in these next couple of games because really and truly, as we hear the interviewing process apparently has started. Just for me, it just does seem like all a bit of a mess, unfortunately. And it's quite hard to ascertain where we go from here because obviously we all wanted Frank to do well. Like he's, a, he's a Chelsea legend and it's never easy, I guess, going against your, your manager, like your, one of your legends. Like one of your, it's never easy. Now, <laughs> I just don't know where we really go, to be honest. It's very, very difficult. Um, I, I wouldn't say that, obviously, okay. In terms of sacking him, are you? do you all think, you know, it's time for him to go? Is that yeah. your honest, um, yeah? I think so. I why? Think I why, why, why are your reasons? What are your reasons as to why he should leave? So, number one, I'm, I'm always looking towards this season. Do you know what mm. I'm saying? When there's a chance to win the league and there still is a chance, I will try. It's like uh, when, we, when we won the Champions League, yeah, but let me let me land. When we won the Champions League, no one would have backed us to win the Champions League. We could have stuck with AVB to the end of the season, etc. etc. That squad shouldn't have won the Champions League. But here's the thing: I say fight for every season until you're out of it. And I think right mm. now, looking forward with Lampard, I can't see us winning much, whether it's the Champions League or whether it's the Premier League. I see players that are complaining they don't really seem to be for him it seems very the, it's mirroring ABB situation a bit in terms of a young manager coming in um do you know what I'm saying trying to brute force it um trying these new ideas that have he hasn't really practiced these are ideas in his head that he hasn't really developed a philosophy um the players don't seem to be you know believing in him anymore so yeah so for me what I'd do is I'd get rid of him as soon as possible and if you can bring in a coach that knows what they're doing yeah, that's what I'd do. Okay. Um, Shemi, where are you at with Frank Lampard's, I guess, tenure? And what comes next? Um, ultimately, I saw a lot of good things last season when he first came in, which made me kind of believe that he can be up to it despite his experience. Um, and then this season, a, a lot of, as we say, like, of recently, a lot of, a lot, quite a lot of bad. And my, my, my big worry is... Um, it's just the the whole player coach relationship. So obviously the whispers about um, certain players, certain fringe players being frustrated at the fact that you know they're not getting picked over um, the big money signings, even though they're playing better. And when when I start hearing things like that, when I start hearing um, tensions between one group and the manager, that's when I start getting really worried, like really really worried. So I think of the likes of Tomori. I, I just think what's going through his head. Like we spoke about Callum already. Uh, I just and Dan, Dan touched on it already. Um, in terms of we heard a lot of Lampard say, um, calling up these players and telling them where they fit into their system. And if it's not playing that well, what's going through their heads? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, ultimately, I think it's hard. I think I think getting rid would probably be the best thing right now, considering that we are very very fortunate. People say that we should be um, we should be near the top, but we're very very lucky that we're not a million miles off. Yeah. despite our terrible form. So I think mirroring what Dan said, um, just to kind of ensure that we don't completely slip away. And mm. um, 
I feel like there are other coaches out there that kind of understand the squad a little bit better. I think, yeah, um, getting rid, I wouldn't mind if we, if we got rid at the moment and got someone in. That makes sense. Um, so, so, yeah. Okay, so what will we talk about get someone else in? So who would you get? Who, who would you guys get? I knew, I know you're Lampard out. I know you, but I don't even need to come to you. And <laughs> it's so, big, it's big. All right, well, we'll start with you. We'll start with you in regards to who you'd want to get in. So, Anu, out of all the coaches that are out here, um, who would you like to get in? Yeah, that's one where I'm. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I'm. I'm a bit. I haven't really put 100 thought into it, and I don't really mm-hmm. know. But. Um, like I, I've seen a few things, a few tweets out there, and I like the idea of it. I like the sounds of it. I like the sounds of Brendan Rodgers. I saw someone tweet that with that. I like Rodgers. Would Brendan Rodgers consider us though? Yeah, the reason why got I think was because you he's saw got the a good move. situation at Leicester. Uh, he had a good situation at Celtic, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's that really guy true. Move. That guy will move quickly. He'll like, <laughs> move quickly. That's that's what made me even think that as well, yeah. because mm. of what he's done in the past, like yeah. and the way he'll move. He'll move to better things. He, yeah, he's he's. I I know a lot about Brendan Rodgers. He's very ambitious. He wants mm. to get to the top quickly. Um, Swansea, they were disappointed that he left, but he's ambitious, so he went to Liverpool. You can understand that. That's a big jump. Yeah. Yeah. He brought them up. Um, it. It. They were saying just stay on to the end of the season. Do you know what I'm saying? And then you can go. And, but he's very ambitious. And so I don't, I'm don't. i not even saying that he definitely leaves Leicester because right now, Leicester top four, there's a lot of reasons why he might stay. However, what I'm saying is this is who I told Chelsea to aggressively pursue. And that's yeah. Brendan Rodgers. The like reason that, why I say Brendan yeah. Rodgers quickly, the reason why I say Brendan Rodgers quickly is I think the profile of the squad suits a Brendan Rodgers in terms of Brendan Rodgers like, he's got charm, into, especially when it comes to... He can speak loads of different languages, so he, he's really good with foreign players, too. You listen to Suarez. This is what I'm saying. This is, a, this is a coach that most people that have played under him will say, he's a great coach. He's helped my game. Suarez said that. Su- Suarez said, obviously, I'm a good player, but playing under Brendan Rodgers, he's one of the most important coaches for my career. Um, Sturridge went there. You know, continue. There's loads of people. I even got a, a guy that um, played at Reading. Um, I knew him in Manchester. He played at Reading. He was like saying, he's the best coach that ever. Just in terms of, you've got a lot of people eulogising about him. And that's just about what he can do in terms of coaching. Man management, man management. Yes. But I think you're missing an important part as well. He knows the club. Like, yes. I think that's that bit hasn't got mentioned. I think when, when a manager knows the club, there's not going to be any breaking in factor. There's not going to be any... But does, he know the cl- like, does he know the club, though? He's been at the club, yes. But does he know the club as for what it is now? Because you need to bear in mind, Chelsea oh. has changed. Chelsea's changed. Uh, the, I mean, the, the obviously the senior staff are still there, but ultimately, the well, emphasis on him the board. Very, no, wait. The emphasis on him will be very, very different. So yeah. you, we can say that he knows the club, and yeah, he will know the club, but he won't know the players. He, he a lot of the setup will be his. I feel, I feel like it's an easy link to make. It's an easy link to make. You know, it's what I'm an important. To say? I think it's an important link because let's say you get a manager who I, I, I was hearing everyone, some people were linking Thomas Tuchel XPSG yeah. um, because of his man management and the way he approaches the game and his game plans and stuff. But at the end of the day, there's still going to be an adjustment period moving to England. No, yeah. that no, it's going to, you can't, you can't, you can't ignore that. And when you're mid season, no one's got time for that. Like we're basically, you're basically saying, okay, 
this season's sacrifice it ultimately and then we right. go again. But I don't think that would happen with Brendan. He knows the club and he knows the league on top of that. Yeah, and what, what I'll say is I agree that he doesn't completely, like where he was, he was a youth manager all those years ago. Like, was it six, seven years ago? He was a youth manager here seven years ago. But what, where Anu's right is, coming into Chelsea, he's worked there before. Do you know, it's not like a new... It's, it's, it was about nine years ago. Nine years ago. Yeah, so nine years ago. Like he's worked here before, so it's not a new situation. Do you know what I'm saying? And the good thing about Brendan Rodgers as well is that he's worked a few places, so he knows this process of going into a new club, establishing himself. He knows, like Anu said, he knows the English league already. Um, he's very familiar in terms of the type of football that we want to be playing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This is not new to him. It's not. It's not desk ideas. Do you know what I'm saying? So there, I feel like there's a lot. There's a nice fit there. There's a nice fit for a lot that Brendan Rodgers can bring. You. Fair enough, fair enough. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to be not not pessimistic, but I guess just cautions. I'm having a bit of caution, you know what I mean? So we'll see, we'll see. I, I obviously might hope that Frank could turn it around, but I just don't see him as a coach to really take us forward. I think he's done a good job in a sense of he's, again, implemented young players brought a connection, reconnection back with the fans again. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah. So I don't think he's done a terrible job. I just think that this job now is just, it, it might be a bit too big for him, as in what comes next. Do you for get me, what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I, that's, that's, that's where I stand. I feel like he's, he's laid very good foundations um, in terms of, like, you know, the youth connection and stuff like that. Um, and obviously getting us into that top four beginning of the season, I thought that was a really good achievement. But I feel like just to get to that next level, that's where, that's that's probably the main reason why I'm, not sure about whether we should keep him or not because it's all well and good now let's say we get another top four finish whatever but we're looking to get to that next next level and that's challenge for the league and stuff like that and um yeah it's, it's difficult to see whether he is able to do that um in terms of candidates um this is why i haven't been very vocal in lampard out because i'm still very i'm very iffy about all the candidates so um but obviously for the podcast sakes I had to voice my 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 true feelings, but I am very I'm very on board with Rogers, as you guys said. Like I like him a lot. I feel like that is a good fit as well. Um, the one manager that a lot of Chelsea fans seem to really want is Nagelsmann. United fans want him as well. My thing with that is I'm very I love the way Leipzig play, and it's that's all good on that part. For me, I'm still I see similarities in the sense that okay, Lampard's a young and experienced manager. Nagelsmann kind of falls into the same. Correct me if I'm wrong. Into the same kind of category young inexperienced so for me it's like do you not do, do any do, do any Chelsea fans not feel like we'll see similar issues in a sense for example the man management side you've got a young manager who might not necessarily be great at that man that man management side the inexperienced side in terms of um going through certain periods that shape you as a coach and as a manager to take into games is there not a possibility that we could see Somebody, I mean, how many, I, I have heard, I have heard that he's actually a very good man manager. How many mm-hmm. years have you managed before? How he's, many? How long? Been manager for longer. Yeah, how long? Long? in total? Been coaching for a lot longer yeah, so, than Frank Lampard. Yeah, so he, he he's like Brendan Rodgers in terms of, and don't forget, and so this is actually a good comparison to make because I think both of them had, um, they were coming through youth systems and then they quickly became coaches because of an injury or something like that. So he he's been. I feel like the difference between Nagelsmann and Lampard is that whereas Lampard had a professional career as a player, Nagelsmann's been coaching for a long time. So I think it's unfair to put him in the same box. That's what I'm thinking. That was what I was thinking. I was like, I swear Lampard is... Lampard just did that one year derby. That was it. However, however, where the difference is, it's like with Rodgers. Rodgers, 
he spent about 14 years being a coach. Um, and that then that step up to management, you still have to go through like 10 years learning stuff. Um, Rogers still talks about learning at Liverpool, at Celtic. There's still a development there, even though you've gone through your youth career as a, as a, you know, a senior manager. And so where, with Nagelsmann, I know a lot of people see him as a great young coach. It's true, but it's the, it, I feel like it's the same thing in terms of, do we want to get him at this point? Do you know what I'm saying? That's before my thing. Established, yeah, before he's established mm-hmm. himself, good point, Sammy. more credibility because he, he very easily can get sacked as well. And this is going to be Thank someone... You. Yeah, he's gonna. It's gonna have yeah. to be someone that's gonna come in, learn the league. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Appreciate the football. You know the culture, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, without much, people will say the same with ABB. ABB came in. He did well in Portugal, but it really wasn't enough. You need a bit more of standing. And I think the fact the fact that at least Brendan Rodgers has had a title charge with Liverpool. Yep. Most at most places he's come into, he's been at multiple clubs. He made Swansea better. Obviously, Swansea was in the championship trying to get promoted for years. But he made them into the Premier League club. Everyone started to call him Swansea Loner. So he took them to different heights. Then he went to Liverpool. Liverpool hadn't challenged for the league in years. Took them to different heights. Went to Celtic. How do you take Celtic to different heights when in Scotland it's easy to win the league? He's still done it by not doing something unprecedented. Um, Leicester, obviously he hasn't taken them to um, different heights because Leicester won the league. But very quickly, Leicester went from someone that was good to all of a sudden, now they're back again in terms of top four, top six. So this is someone that's showed repeatedly that he goes into the club and takes them better. Now there's a little, there's a little bit of, in terms of sustaining. He didn't sustain it at Liverpool. He hasn't really sustained it over a season at Leicester. But when we look at where we are at now, if we can say that Rodgers can come in and has a, have a similar impact as he's had in other clubs, then that kind of takes us because we are around about a top four club now. But that takes us to more around the Liverpool and Man City's. Plus, when it comes down to it, like just watching the Man City match and seeing, oh, actually, this is a coach that has ideas that aren't just, you know, ideas. These are tried and tested ideas in Guardiola. I think it will be good for us to have that type of coach too. Klopp is that type of coach. Guardiola is that type of coach. I think Rodgers is that type of coach too. So that's kind of why I went to Manchester. I hear you. I hear you. But yeah, completely agreed. Completely agreed. Rodgers is probably... um. Out of all the candidates, I'd say he's probably the one best equipped to deal with our squad and, I guess, come in um, and stabilise us a bit more. Um, I like his coaching philosophy and ideals. I do think if there's one thing that I'm not entirely sure about is his player management and man management style, especially with the younger players, although he's a very good youth coach, I'm not entirely sure about his, his style when it comes to man management. But again... I'd be open to it. I won't lie, I'd be open to it. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to just wait and see. We'll just have to so wait who's and your see. choice, though? You haven't said. You haven't said my choice would be um, Julian, my Julian Nagelsmann. And I know it's kind of, again, where you were saying, oh, yeah, you know, young manager. Um, but for me, Nagelsmann, I love the way that he approaches football. I love the way that he gets his team to play. I love his, he's he's quite um, a unique character on and off the pitch. So, yeah, Nagelsmann for me, and then obviously Brendan Rodgers afterwards. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm open, I'm open. But I just wouldn't want any Italian coaches, that, that's for sure. <laughs> After that little segment, we can move on to uh, the handling of a certain young King Kai, Bando Baby 29. Let's talk about it. Now, when it comes to Kai Havertz, he was on the bench again. Um, against Manchester City and he came on he looked very very bright you know what I mean he looked very bright technically very sound again for the first time in fact first time in about 
four games, Kai Havertz has looked technically clean because I think before he looked quite shaky, like on the ball. And I don't know what it was. It was quite weird to me, surprising to me because I always associate Kai Havertz with great footballing technique. Um, but it seems like he's got a jolt up the arm again. And um, yeah, he looks seemingly, he looks good. He looked good. What, what did you think, um, Anu? Um, because you've been having questions... You're having questions about Killer Kai. Now, in fact, you've almost, I wouldn't even say you're having questions. I mean, it's almost like you've been letting uh, the opposing fans get in your head. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, was gonna say. <laughs> I, I, you, I don't know what it is. You've yeah, you've heard it all. I'd be getting attacked for Hazard. I'd be defending Hazard. Well, you've been letting him. Yeah, I know. We're called names about the op, the opt, but no, nah, yeah, they'd be coming out being about Hazard, initial fees, Bro. everything. Andy, bro, sorry. You're saying, um, you're saying how he was letting the opposition what, what, fans. What are you thinking about Havertz's performance? And obviously, given you know, given given how shaky he has been in the last few weeks, were you seemingly impressed with what you saw? Um, yeah, this is this is always a close topic to my heart because the the ops been coming at me for Havertz. <laughs> you know what I mean? They know who they are. Uh, but I thought it, it was it was it was good progress. You know what I mean? I think it's good progress. I've always said it, and I said it from the beginning, you pull up the ports, I say, you've got to give this guy time. He's a 21-year-old, changing country. There's a lot of things that are involved. He had the COVID, he had the COVID scare, do you know what I mean? And it, yeah. and it's, it, it hit him quite hard. And you know, these effects can be long-lasting. So I honestly, um, I, I sympathise with the lad. What I don't sympathise, and it's going to feel like I'm coming for Lampard again, but I'm just going to say this quite quickly. What I don't sympathise is the man management of him. Mm. Now, I'm going to say something quite interesting. Like, Lampard was influential in getting Havertz to the club, right? He paid the big fee. You've paid the big fee to get a player like that. Have you paid the big fee because you not you knew what you were going to do with him? Or have mm. you paid the big fee because you've heard he's a wonder kid and you just want to add him to the to the ranks? Because mm. if you pay the big fee with with a tactic with a strategy to you to to play him he has to be playing even if he's not fit he has to be playing get him in get him past the rusty stage let let him adapt mm. because Cobra's not doing it for us so I don't understand why Habits can't be there doing the same like there's nothing that Cobra's um, doing that that will say okay Habits is not cannot do that do you know what I mean and so I just don't really understand the thinking behind how he's approaching Havertz, how what the tactic was to bring him in. But yeah, he's had a slow start and I think he will get better. And he showed his bit of his quality throughout the um in at the end of the city game with that great assist. I, I, I think with Kovac, um whilst I'm not I do think that he probably is. I think. I think people think because it's Kovacic, he's the most easily replaceable out of the midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, I think we need to start looking at individuals that are tired. So, a Mason Mount. Now, Mason Mount was one of our best players for sure, without a doubt, for me um, earlier in the season. But as of late, he's tailed off massively, and that's because he's very, very fatigued. Um, so, I think. Not necessarily Kovacic not necessarily doing stuff. I think just the tactical approach isn't really helping Kovacic shine. Because I think Kovacic shines a lot deeper 
And the instructions to get forward and be a bit more advanced and adventurous for me is doing him a disservice and doing the team a disservice. Um, so you again, it kind of the buck kind of falls back to the manager um, and utilizing his squad properly and effectively. Um, so yeah, I, I I I don't know. I don't know. I can't necessarily say, oh yeah, Kovacic shouldn't play or whatever. You know, I'm not his biggest fan, but ultimately, you need to start looking at the manager and his decision making. Um, Dan. With that mm. midfield, and obviously I know you're a big fan of Kai Havertz. You know, we've mm. got big stops on the boy and we know that mm. potentially he's got the capacity to be a, a superb player and, yeah. you know, want to do amazing things. Yeah. Um, how did you think his, his little cameo went? And do you think that Frank Lampard actually knows what we actually have in the player? Well, I definitely think that like, the reason why he spent a lot of money is because he knows that he's a good player. It's just in terms of utilising him and understand him. Lampard's always defiant. He's always like, no, I know the player. He can play here. He can do this. He can do that, etc., etc." I think Lampard could do with a dose of humility in general. Because um, if he kind of... I like people that are kind of saying, okay, do I know... Do I fully know the player? Can I go back and try to understand? And maybe, like, he's just saying this publicly and privately he's going back to understand things. But um, I was very vocal when he came saying this is a player that people can misunderstand. Because similar to Pogba, like we know that Pogba can be used in so many positions, but at the same time, people are still asking, what's Pogba's best position? Same with Loftus-Cheek. Again, because he's so talented, can be used in so many different positions. But then when you when we bought Havertz, I would say the reason why I definitely bought him is because last season we lacked goals in attack. And this is a player that gets into the box and scores goals. And so if that's why you're buying him for, then you need to make sure that that's what he's doing. So like, as, as much as I think Havertz as a central midfielder, in a team that's scoring enough goals, he's fine there. He can move the ball, you know, he can progress play. Defensively, one thing I like about in the City game is I think um, to understand Kai Havertz, you have to understand he's very good at reading the game, understanding where there's spaces. He uses that in attack, but also because he's very tactically aware he uses that in defence too. So in the Man City game, what I noticed is that there were t- some times where there were gaps and then ha- Havertz would go back to fill those gaps in. Now, the issue is, is if you've bought this player that constantly gets into the box and scores, but he's also and at Bayer Leverkusen, they set up so he doesn't have to come back to do all that work. But yet at Chelsea, because he's tactically sound and he obeys tactics, we saw in that first game against Brighton, people were asking... Why is he right wing back? Why is he so deep? It's because he doesn't shirk his defensive responsibilities. If you tell him, I'm going to need you to get back, guess what? He's going to get back. He's, he will execute the plan. And this is someone that notices spaces, not just in attack, but in defence. And so for that, um, the goal that he set up for hudson Doy, he noticed the space, ran, in, ran into it. He's very fast off the ball. Like on the ball, he's quite decent too. We've seen him running with the ball, but off the ball, he's very fast. He ran into that space. And I think... The game before against Arsenal, when he came on, a lot of people were saying he didn't really have much impact. But one thing I noticed is he took up a lot of great opportunities that weren't getting exploited. Now, people aren't going to think you're going to have a good game. Like Giroud says it all the time. Giroud says people only see the runs that turn into goals. But all game, I'll be making these runs. And I have to keep on making them because hoping one time they'll find me. It's the same with Havertz. He's making a lot of runs, but our midfield at this point isn't finding them. Plus... He's doing a lot of defensive work that really and truly we, the team shouldn't be set up for him to be doing. So, yeah, um, the, the City 
game, I think, um, was impressive. Um, more because of what I saw him doing defensively. However, I don't really want him doing that. I want team set up, like you said, to have a midfielder that can cover all of those so Havertz can focus on getting into the box. But also, one thing I noticed is that some people see runs, but they're not brave enough to execute it. And mm -hmm. so we need people that are brave enough to execute those passes to him when he makes those runs. And also we need it, him to be focused on getting to the box and scoring. Because we saw with Havertz and Hudson when they link up, that's Havertz in the box finding someone else. We saw like, again, this time making a run. It's Havertz in the final third, getting the ball and then feeding someone. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's, kind, of, yeah, that's kind of my thought on it. Shemi, Shemi, it's time to, to talk about Kai. Now, again, you're, I know you're a big fan. You're a very big fan. You know his talent. You know his ability and his capacity. Now, again, same question to you. Do you think that Frank Lampard's actually getting the best out of Kai? And, well, where, where, where do you want to see him play? Ultimately, that, that's what I want to know. I want to know where everyone wants to see him play. And do you think Frank Lampard's the best guy to bring, you know, get the best out of him? So we'll start off with you, Shim. Cool. So in terms of where I want to see him play... Um, if we're playing a 4-3-3, I want to see him play advanced eight. If we're playing a 4-2-3-1, which um, we've voiced our um, our opinions against, which, funny enough, his best performances have arguably come in, then I want to see him play number 10. All because um, from what I've seen of him in Germany is that he's got a good eye for goal um, and he, he he can contribute very, very, very well to goals in terms of um, his technical ability, his finishing ability. Obviously, he played false nine a couple of times and... He, and that was actually his best scoring run, I believe, um, for Leverkusen. So that's what I want to see him play. In terms of if Frank's getting the best out of him, um, I want to kind of I want to kind of disagree with um, with what Anu said in terms of um, him being on the bench. For me personally, I think Lampard's hand. This is the this is the first bit of praise I'm going to give Lampard this podcast. Mm -hmm. I feel like he's actually handled Havertz quite well. Um, so with the whole with the whole COVID thing, yeah. So Lampard's been very vocal about how how much COVID has affected Kai. Um, I think Kai even came out himself, and I think we've all kind of um, we've all kind of learned over the past few weeks. Even Pob has come out and spoke about the effects that it had on him. We've all kind of learned over the past few weeks that COVID is not a joke that it actually affects these players properly, right? So um, when we saw, as you said, media, I'm the same as you. I associated Kai with being very technically clean and very astute with on the ball passing, dribbling, everything. Right? Cool. So when I started to see the sluggishness here in his game, so i.e. the Leeds game. Crazy. I was extremely concerned and I thought, what is going on here? Cool. So as we started to um, kind of understand that he's been really, really badly affected by COVID, I personally agreed with the decision to take him out of the firing line and let him kind of recover a little bit, if that makes sense, and then ease him back in. Because I said this on the other pod, was it the Patreon pod, I think I said, with Werner as well, I think I tweeted it, I wanted to see Werner taken out as well. Because with me, when players are on bad form and they're struggling, yeah, I feel like it gets to the point where you're just hanging them out to dry mm -hmm. because they're consistently producing bad and they're consistently like, you can see that something's wrong. And the more you play them, um, it gets to the point where I agree with you've got to play them some, you've got to keep faith in them so that they can probably come out the run. But it gets to the point where if the run is going on so long, you've got to take them out. You've got to take them out and let them let them breathe from the from the sidelines, then ease them back in. And I feel like Lampard's done that well with Kai Havertz, in my opinion. I, I so, disagree quickly, just because I feel okay. like he could have taken him out. Like, I think he rushed him back in again. That's, cool, cool. That, that That's true. That's yeah. true, yeah? That's but I, true. I was going to say, I agree with you. You can't say... Hudson should play because it's a meritocracy, but at the same time, you're forcing players. I feel like with Werner, 
and with Havertz a bit, he's forced them in. Like with Havertz, mm. he's done better because he's taken him out of the squad, but I think he could have even taken him out earlier. Um, mm. Yeah, so I think um, with Havertz as well, in terms of him being sloppy, that's one of the reasons why Bayer Leverkusen plays him high. He, he turns over the ball quite a lot. That's the reason why he's been played in the right wing or up front. Because yeah. with certain players, and I said with Barkley, a lot of people were, were criticising Barkley heavily. But when you're a composed player, sometimes you have composures in certain situations where you shouldn't really have composure because certain passes that don't come off in attack won't kill you. But if a pass doesn't come off in a defensive area, that can kill you. And so if you look at his stats of Bayer Leverkusen, he actually can turn over the ball quite a lot. Um, and that's one of the reasons why you'll see him being played either right wing or up front for, for Bayer Leverkusen. But I just really wanted to add that bit. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and I agree with you in the sense that he was arguably rushed back in. But I feel like based on his performances, I know rival fans will disagree. I don't care about them. But in terms of what we saw, we know we saw he was, he was you know, produced. Yeah. He was giving us something a bit extra yeah. in terms of his dynamism, yeah. his car- ball carrying, yeah. his technical ability. So I personally, I kind of got a little bit why if he was fit, he was rushed back in. And let's not forget, he had a very good game against Seville off the back of COVID. So I, I, I thought he was healed from COVID. Do you get me? But yeah, it turns did. out maybe, I don't know, maybe it wasn't, yeah, I don't know. He did. he did. Yeah, so um, I so him rushing back in, kind of got it, but you can look back on it and say it wasn't the right decision. But yeah, overall, yeah, that's that's my view on the situation. And um, I feel like um, I trust him from now on. The cameo was going against Man City. He got the assist. That'll be a good confidence boost. Um, got FA Cup game in the weekend. This is the good thing about FA Cup. No disrespect to the competition, but when you play the SSIs, you can kind of get your players to gain a bit more confidence. And I think from here on out, he'll he'll get back to where he's not he even was. the confidence. I guess fine tune them. You yeah, know what I mean, I think Kai Havertz especially. I, I agree. Okay, I agree with both of you. I agree with both of you. I feel like Frank Lampard rushed him back in, and that's what Frank Lampard does. That I've noticed it. When players or the expensive players or players that he really likes come back from injury, he puts them straight in. Mm. Ben Chilwell twisted his ankle, put him straight in. Reshamed, mashed his knee. After one game, he dashed him straight in. Um, Mason Mount last season, when he damaged his ankle, dashed him straight in. Um, He just keeps doing it. Pulisic, as soon as he gets back fit, he starts it. I mean, last season. He just dashed him straight away. And I think with that, there comes risks and obviously performances as well. You're not going to get performances. I mean, with Kai Havertz, it was almost miraculous that he had such a great game against Sevilla. But generally, you're never going to fully recover, especially after one game. I think one game, yeah, he played well, but I think I think that was the wrong decision. I think you ease him back in gradually. Therefore, you wouldn't have to drop him. I think... It, him forcing him back in caused him to force him to drop him. You get what I'm trying to say? So yeah. whilst he was struggling, rightfully he was taking out the fire line. I just feel like Lampard kind of managed that whole thing a bit wrong. Um, also, quickly. But, you know, at least he saw. At least he corrected his error quite quickly. Whereas Timo Werner, he let him. He let him suffer for quite some time before making any adjustments, which is quite porous. But I do think, thank God. One thing that you do see, I guess what you did see in the City game is that Timo Werner, again, I think he performed pretty poorly, but the positive is he's not out wide anymore. And Timo Werner, for me, isn't a winger. Um, he can operate out wide in a certain team. I think, I think personally, this is why I think Frank Lampard doesn't really know his players, because he thought, oh, Timo Werner, he played out wide last season. Well, no, he didn't. He played in the half spaces. He didn't play wide. 
he played in the half spaces. So the bit, the in the space between the um, the middle and um, the wide players. So middle wing. On, and the wings. So yeah, not middle wing. <laughs> <laughs> no, not middle. <laughs> but, but yeah, he played in the half spaces. So he wasn't necessarily a winger or a focal striker, but he operated in those areas. So what Lampard's asked him to do, like traditional wide man stuff, is wild. And that's not to say it's excusing him for his poor touch. That's not to say I'm excusing him for, you know, missing chances. That's not to say I'm not excusing him for him not tracking back. But ultimately, as a striker, natural instinct, he's not going to track back because he's a striker. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, in, in at Leipzig, he was the one that stayed up top for the counter-attack. So why is he tracking back? Do you get what I'm trying to say? So I just feel like, well, thankfully and hopefully, that's the end we see of it. I think, like, Lampard's excuses that he said are... Oh, we played. We played him out wide because we Liar. had injury. It was just a disgusting. It was disgusting for me. Disgusting. Um, quickly on Bernard, I don't. I feel like he's still. The good thing about FA Cup games is that for, for Lampard, we can tell he's still got a lot of working out to do. And I think that the FA Cup game, he'll try to use it to try to work things out. I think Werner up front still is problematic. Um, Tom, I think it was Shemi you mentioned Havertz. Um, you'd like to see him at number 10. Like, he's shined for Bayer Leverkusen in central midfield um, in the number. And like we said at the beginning of the season, he can play there too. But it's, it's more about the instructions, less about yes. necessarily, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, I agree. And, and finding those instructions for Lampard, finding every, I think there's big pressure for him to do that now. And I think the yeah. FA Cup Do you want to know what it is, Dan? Yeah, go on. Do you know what it is, right? We say, yeah, we should play the 4-3-3 because it offers us, uh, offers the team balance, but that's because we don't necessarily trust Lampard's in Lamp- Yes. Mm-hmm. 3-1. Mm-hmm. You get it? So the 4-2-3-1 isn't a terrible formation, but the 4-2-3-1 in what Frank Lampard wants you to do is a killer. It's an absolute killer. And I, that's why we, I champion the 4-3-3 because it gives us the most balance for a coach that isn't necessarily experienced. You get what I'm trying to say? So... Ideally for me, I'd play kind of 10. Ideally for me. But that's under a manager that really actually knows how to implement it properly. And I, yes. I don't really have that much faith in Frank Lampard implementing the 4 2 3 one. Agreed, agreed. Just to echo so that, I, yeah. Yeah, so unfortunately, you're, you may not get the best Kai Havertz um, at, at Chelsea under Frank Lampard. That's that's something I've, I'm resigned to accepting. You might not get it. Um, it's tough, though, because we've got to do press conferences to the rival fans. What's going on with oh this player? Oh, my God, bro. Uh, we have to back uh, our stock. I know about that, bro. I, I know about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to say it louder. The man that I'm saying your stock isn't banging at all. What's going on? The all I keep hearing is 90 million. The art blocker on your neck, and I'm just like, listen, bro, he'll come good. But if if he's not coming good under Frank, and I have to wait on another man, and he doesn't come good on the other man, it's like, oh, it's this is tough. And I think with Ruben Loftus Cheek, similar happens in terms of. It's difficult because the more you need a specific manager or whatever to become, to get you the best out of you, the worse a player you are. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like with Ozil. You can make excuses. I don't want to make excuses for you. If you're on a pitch, if you're not getting on the pitch, I'm there. I'm tweeting from the Chelsea Hour account. I've got your back. But if you're on the pitch and you can't make it work, then you're not as great a player. Do you know what I'm saying? Because we've just talked about, oh, we may, we may not have talked about with Hudson Odoi, you can play him on the right. You can play on the left. I'm, I'm sure you're pretty sure you can play in number 10. He's still going to do something. He's going to score. He's going to create. 
Um, and so the better of a player you are, the more you're able to, you know, perform in different positions. I agree. I agree. So what are you, what are you trying to say? Because Pulisic plays on the right-hand side and doesn't look like Pulisic, Pulisic on the left, you're not entirely sure, you know... He's trying to put words in my mouth. Are you trying to say? Are you trying to say that he's not a good Slimy. Careful, where's the mouth? I don't understand. Where's that angle come from? That Pulisic, from I, didn't, I didn't mention. But, I didn't mention. I haven't mentioned Pulisic's name on this hey, podcast. Bro, that came from the American supporters started bro, coming from last season. Bro, that <laughs> came from nowhere. That's all I have to ask. So no, Pulisic. I actually don't think Pulisic plays bad on either wing. Um, because I think he comes off the wing anyway, and he mm-hmm. ends up central regardless. He's become yeah. almost like a striker type. He wants to score goals. So you can play him on the left, you can play him on the right. You're going to get the same thing. He's going to agree. come in and out of games. He's not going to be there yeah. ever present. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I don't, I don't mind him on either side. Same with um, Hudson. I just think that Hudson gets more of the ball. He's more involved with play. Um, yeah. And he does, he does a lot more. He's more sure. Fair, 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 fair enough. So with that being said, I mean, I, I, I did actually want to touch on... Um, a couple more things now. Olivier Giroud, it's now January. And we're, fortunately enough, we're not being linked with, you know, any other player really, obviously other, other than Declan Rice. But Olivier Giroud, you know, he's saying that he's going to stay. I mean, the murders were that, you know, he could potentially leave. But do you think that, do you think that he does, okay, if he was to ask for a move, mm-hmm. would you, do you think he's deserving of that move? I said, would you be like, you know what? Fair enough, Oli. Like you've done what you you've done your bit. You've not been respected here. You could you can move on. Um, would you? I don't think. I, I, I for me, I feel like a lot of people are like, nah, you have to keep him. You have to keep him. I'm like, yeah, but what's the point if you're not really being valued and respected? You get what I'm trying to mm-hmm. say? Like, it's- what are your thoughts on Giroud? I, I think his miss. I think again, this season, similarly to last season been misused and underused and mm. quite undeservedly really I'll, I'll quickly go on this first I just think there's going to be part of me that always wants a player to go to a place where they're more respected and where they can shine mm. more so at the beginning of the season I was saying we should probably keep Barkley because I know a lot of people think that Havertz is the deeper guy that's creative but he's the guy that's making runs so I was trying to explain that but at the same time I want Barkley to just to go to play because I know here he's going to be disrespected and Giroud mm. Um, if you're asking me, do I think if I was if if I could advise Giroud, I'll tell him go because no matter what you've done, this is not the first time where you've come back in and you've scored, but you've just been dropped for no reason. Um, and so you can go to. Don't forget, his career is nearly over. And when people always say with young players, imagine what they're going to be in six, seven years. Giroud is now at the culmination of a career of developing his game, and everything's working yet. They're saying he's not good enough when it doesn't make sense when he's the one scoring, he's good on the deck, he's good aerially. What we should be doing as Chelsea is saying, cool, let's use him in his prime whilst everything has come together. And then Tammy, etc., can learn from that. And then they can he can set the bar and they have to, to, to you know meet him at that bar. But for yeah. some reason, Lampard again um, is not is not doing what's working and he's taking it out. Like there is no reason for Giroud to have been dropped since re- Project Restart. He scored the goal a game since. Um, he's the top scorer, uh, pound for pound, in the Premier League in 2020. Um, so it doesn't make sense how he's that, but also third choice striker at Chelsea. 
when our strikers aren't it's, really banging. It's, it, it it's make sense. so weird. It is so weird. I, I look at it and I think, look, you've got a striker in Timo that is clearly struggling as well. Like mm-hmm. he's clearly struggling. You've got Tammy Abraham, who does bits and pieces. To be fair to Tammy, you know, it's very difficult to really criticize him because when he comes in and when he plays, although his performances aren't great, he gets yeah. the goals. Mm-hmm. So he's a striker. And that's what you live and die on. So I, I, you can't really criticize Tammy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might want the, you know, a bit more of a, a, a cleaner player and a technically, technically better player, but mm-hmm. Tammy's doing his job. Tam, Tammy's not failing in his duty to, to mm-hmm. contribute to the team. So you can't criticise him. I personally can't criticise him. And whilst I'm not his biggest fan, I'm not going to criticise him for, yeah. you know, tipping in with the goals. And although he's not played as many minutes as Timo Werner, I'm still score- outscoring him, which is wild. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not really going to... Um, I'm not really on, on the yeah, on the agenda of trying to just get onto him for no reason. But the Giroud situation is so strange to me. He was in red-hot form. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Scored in the Champions League hat-tricks. Well, scored four goals in the Champions League. Yeah. Um, then scored um, in the Premier League. Scored in the most recent game in the Premier League. Yeah. Why drop him? Why drop him? Yeah. And the weirdest thing is for me, you're dropping him for a man that has been struggling. Yeah. If if you used a bit, I, I guess, a bit of foresight, you look at a game like this Sunday to play Timo Werner up front. No, like you, you let Giroud play and have this game in mind thinking, okay, this is where I'm going to get ZH back. This is where I'm going to get um, Werner in. This is where I'm going to play my young players to kind of just give a nice blend of youth. But then also you've got the punch of these players that you're trying to get their confidence back. I just feel like, again, like I said, when it comes to squad utilization, it's just, it's just porous for me. If you was to organize the free strikers in terms of, Goal scoring form, you would say Giroud's the best, mm-hmm. Tammy middle, Werner worst. If you were yep. to organize our strikers in terms of amount of time minutes played, it'll be Werner most, then it'll be Tammy, then it'll be Giroud. Ooh. No, no. Are you sure? I disagree. The reason I why I say I, I disagree. No, nah, let me say I disagree because Timo Werner's been playing out wide. So yeah, no, but it's, it's still, it's no, I still, it's, I can't it's still. No, but I'm saying still, but still, at the, at, the, at the end of the day, if I'm a manager, what I want is my most effective goal scorer on the pitch most. Number one, mm-hmm. you've got to fit your goal scorers in. So if that means that um, Werner has to come out so a winger, an actual winger can come in and Giroud plays, then cool. But the problem is he's tried to force Werner in, whether it be wide or up front. He's forced mm-hmm. him in. It's the same with mm-hmm. Mount. Both of them, I feel like he's just tried to make work and he hasn't looked at, is this working or not? Should I bring it out? Mm. Mount shouldn't have played on the wing all of that time. Werner shouldn't have, like there was there was a bit where it was working. I'd say I was saying even keep it, keep it going because it's working right now. But as soon oh, as I, I, remember, I remember that time, yeah, and, I said, and, that's, I, and that's fine yeah. because my my philosophy is whilst it's working, do not change it. But as a manager, you have yeah. to be in tune with the squad and change it when it's not working. And he he failed to do that with Mount. He failed to do that with Werner. And he keeps on doing it, just plugging away. And if you're going to have a meritocratic squad, you need people to fear for their place. And you need other people to feel like they can win their place. And I think that's his biggest yeah. failure for me. Yeah, and that, that kind of ties back in quite nicely with the Athletic article where a lot of these 
outside players are feeling quite disgruntled because they don't feel like they can actually get a, a real look into to impress and fight their way back into the squad. And that's why I was, it would be unsurprising if you see quite a few players trying to ask for them to leave because the balance of the squad is very, very off. And again, if it was a team or players that are banging out consistently, you know, they're doing their job consistently, you know, playing well, scoring goals, creating goals, defending well, providing midfield balance every week, then yeah, uh, you, you know, you're going to have less cause for, for complaints or concern. But what is happening is that these players are churning out poor performances, but playing every single game, regardless. Mm. And obviously, that that's not good for morale. It's not good for squad competition. Um, so, yeah, I agree. Lampard has got quite a few things wrong this season. And I think he's struggling to really juggle with giving your, your most expensive and best players a chance to play and trying to balance it with the whole squad. And it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but I just think he's made a lot of things harder for himself with the poor decisions he's made. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So, I agree. You just come in there quickly. Yeah, go on, show me. One thing I will say about Giroud here, whilst I agree with everything you guys have said, and I feel like he's been fantastic over the past, especially 2020, he literally dragged us to top four. And he's been a, he's a great, great player. He's really, really won me over. One thing I will say about Giroud is that I've always felt, a part of me has always felt that he, I, he's not, we don't necessarily need to play him every single game. That's just right. a part of me. And for me, for I'll give you some examples. So if I'm playing like a Bayern Munich or a Liverpool, where I know their their back line is going to be on a halfway line, I prefer to see like a Tammy or a Werner, who I know can spin in behind. Mm. Where And this is despite Giroud's amazing strengths, despite his amazing te- technical ability, his amazing hold-up play, um, amazing aerial ability, I still feel like there's a part of me that feels like he doesn't always need to play every game. So that's why sometimes when he's taken out, I kind of, I don't voice um, as much of an anger towards it. So let me just say one counter to that. So the counter to that, to that is, right. So if, for example, that you know that those teams like Man City's, like the Bayern Munich's, are going to be the aggressors and they're going to have most of the ball, right? Mm. So your, your team's barely going to touch the ball. So once you get it, you recover and then find the out ball to the fast players. So like the team will end up running in behind, Hudson, etc. But when that ball doesn't come and isn't of a good quality, right? You need a player, a striker, to kind of make the ball work. Mm-hmm. And Timo Werner isn't enough of a presence right now, anyway. And I don't think because his confidence is quite low, I don't think he's enough of a presence right now where you could bounce the ball into him and he can make the ball work and make that cross work, make that pass work. Whereas mm-hmm. with Giroud, if it bounces into him, he can get the heavy touch. He can be able to hold someone off and then thread in. Because hmm. Giroud's a good passer. So you can thread in. There are people that are running off him. Timo Werner's not doing that. Yeah. So, so then, quick, quick, Connor. So if it was Tammy instead of Werner that played against City, who arguably um, provides a bit of both, would it have made more sense? Okay, but let me, let me quickly come in. So I think so, yeah. So for me, um, this whole idea that when it's a team that we can get in behind, we shouldn't play Giroud, I think... Meads has kind of said a little bit of what I want to say in that. But again, if you think about last season, the Super Cup, when Pulisic was playing off of Giroud and then yeah. he used that to thread it in. Or mm. when we played Arsenal in the final and Mount and Pulisic was buzzing off of Giroud, he's still really good for that. Now, if you're saying to me, we're going to use Giroud and Tammy like Pep has used Aguero and Jesus, I'm fine with it. Where the mm. older player you're playing for most games and the, the, you're blooding in the young one by bringing it. That's not what he's doing, though. That's mm. not what he's doing. And so, like, what he's just done is saying that, Giroud, you're goal scoring, but you're old. So, 
your third choice. I need to make yeah. these two work, which is just for me is a dumb strategy. And uh, yeah, to be fair, I was getting that. I was I was getting getting to that. To be fair, um, I feel like whilst my point um about him um not ha- necessarily having to play every game depending on opposition is what I believe. I, I, what you said, Dan, is completely correct. How, the way Lampard has done it has been completely wrong. So yeah. it's it's not a thing of he's not doing it because of the opposition. He's just doing it because he he's not merit- meritocratic and he's just trying to get his big signings in. But if it was a thing where he was doing it like Pep, then I would be all for it and I'd, I'd be fine yeah, with it. Yeah, it makes but, sense. Because Giroud yeah. can't play every game. He can't. Not, we're playing the game every three days. He can't. But just have your eggs in order. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the biggest problem. Frank doesn't really have it all aligned correctly and again I just I try not to be too harsh I do try I honestly do try because it is Frank Lampard we're talking about here but I just feel that he gets too much of the basic things wrong which is very very concerning especially for a team of our level and Chelsea um, you know Chelsea Football Club but yeah on to on to this weekend um, so I think we're going to play all the young Gs. I don't really think there's much to really discuss considering the way that Frank's used the squad this season. Um, but who are you looking forward to seeing out of the young players? We've got Timo Angerin, Tino Liveramento, you know, Henry Lawrence, you know, Lewis Bate. You know, we've got a lot of young players that's there. Um, who are you looking forward to the most out of them all to, to see on the big stage in their first, you know, their Premier League debut? Obviously, Andrew's played a couple of games, but yeah, who would you who you look first looking looking forward to the most? I know for me, I want to say my boy Liveramento, because uh, obviously Aspilicueta is coming to the end of his career. Um, Reese James, obviously fantastic player, but he's he's got a little nig- niggle um, recently. So Liveramento is a dynamic fullback. So I'd be really really excited to see him in the in the seniors. Um, but yeah, I'd start with Shemi. No, actually, Anu, who are you looking forward to the most? Oh, I would love to see the two Tinos play. Um, yeah. Also, Tino Andrini, he, he had that Champions League game, didn't he? Uh, and he didn't get the position. It was quite clear. It wasn't the position, his favourite position. And yeah. um, he he made that clear in the post-match interview. So it'd be quite nice to see him in his 10 um, or higher up in the middle. But actually, let's see what he can do. Uh, but listen, there's, there's absolutely nothing to lose here. It shouldn't be it shouldn't be a problem at all. Um, blood all these youngsters in. We've got the best academy in the game. Do you know what I mean? Let's see. Let's yeah. let's use it. Let's use it. If if, if this isn't the time to, when is? And obviously we've got the common Cafu at, at the right back. Mm-hmm. That you said. Do you know what I mean? So let's bring both those both those Tinos in, and let's also um, yeah, and let's and also as you said, it's very important. All these players that are off form, sadly, they've got to play as well. Havertz has yeah. to play. These lads have to play. Uh, Gilmore's not a form, but get Gilmore in. Just literally switch it up entirely. I want to see a full 11 switch up. Get Tamori in, for Christ's sake. Yeah, <laughs> ah, get Tamori in. But yeah, no, complete switch up. I would love to see the common boys get a game. Yeah, Shemi. Um, yeah, so who, who are you looking forward to the most out of the, the youth products that we have currently coming through? Um, so obviously, I can't lie to you. My youth um, ball has been quite limited in terms of watching, so I don't really know about the other guys. But for me, um, I want to see Andrian play in his favoured position simply because um, I, I just want to see what he's about. I want to lo- learn more about him, what type of player he is, because um, I feel like when he was brought in against Everton, he looks a bit excited, a bit you know, 
trying to rush things a little bit. Obviously, as Annie mentioned, again, in the Champions League game, he was played off the, off the wing, which I, I don't know why, you know. But um, so, yeah, I want to see him play in his favourite position and I just want to see what he's about and just learn more about him and see if, see if he's the guy. Because um, obviously there seems to be uh, quite a buzz around him. So, yeah, I'd probably say Andrew. Um, Mr. Soft. I don't I don't really like this setup. I haven't for a while in terms of people getting excited about the cup games and people yeah. getting glorified. So I don't I don't really get that excited to see any of the youngsters. I, I tend to follow them anyway. So it's yeah. not like and I don't see this as a, a real jump into first team football. It's not. So it's not. So, but so I think okay, let me rephrase the question. So who may never play for Chelsea again? He will never be forgotten. He's in I remember when I shot my shot, but I didn't have cops, so I hit the post. But next time it's a golden goal. And it, it's really like, I didn't say it's a free hit. It's not really a free hit. If Lampard loses this game, even though he's changed the squad, even though it's FA Cup, I dare him to lose it. I dare Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to seeing Lampard and um, seeing what happens. But one other name before I add, I actually, actually forgot to give him a bit of credit. Lewis Bate as well. I'd like to see him. Yeah, no, he's great. He performed yeah, really well at CM as well, so it'd be also not quite nice to see him. But I don't think he'll be that brave, but yeah. I mean, look, we're playing against Morecambe. As in? We really should be doing, you know, we really should be beating them, even with our youth academy. Um, do you remember the Barnsley game? I prefer not to. Yes, I do. I remember very they well. Had so they had a lot of chances, but I guess we're just going to have to wait and see, man. I think we've got the quality there, so I'm, I'm, I'm not too concerned. And I, I trust our young players, especially some of them, more than our seniors. So, <clears throat> yeah, I'm looking forward to it personally. Um, but yeah, all right, we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there, and hopefully, hopefully on Saturday or Sunday, um, hopefully on Sunday we get a, a slight better improvement and in the result, and if not, at least the performance. And yeah, hopefully we can go go through to the next round of um, the FA Cup, and yeah, progress from there and try and kick on from there. But yeah. I appreciate you boys for joining me. Um, I was meets and yes, love, 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 love. Sports Social Podcast Network.